Welcome to the Edition Wars podcast, where we take a deep dive into the mechanics and play styles of all the edition of our favorite game. We look at what worked, what didn't work, what led to better games, as well as, well, what didn't, and we talk about it all. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the most recently hatched and released issue of the Unearthed Arcana 2022, which is delving into the 1D&D playtest. This one is titled The Cleric and Revised Species. And I am Sam Dillon, and I am here with my co-host, Brandis Stoddard. How are you today, sir? I'm well, thank you. Very excited to talk about this document. Yes. Why is that? Well, uh, it's really good to see a class that's uh, outside of the expert group. Right. Uh, yeah. We've seen three classes before this document, uh, but they're all part of the expert group. And so this is giving us more context of what uh, it looks like to be in other groups uh, for reasons probably primarily of document length. Uh, there's only one class here <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and there's not uh, several pages of feats. There are three feats. Um, but uh, the other uh, big thing here is uh, going to be them taking another pass at um, uh, the, the species. By the way, mm -hmm. that's species, not race. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. There's been tons of discussion in just the past several days about that uh, word choice. Um, and a lot of the conversation comes down to um, no one's going to be completely happy with like there's no one word that's going to solve everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right. everything's got its problems um, uh, moving expeditiously into the document um, the first two pages are functionally boilerplate for us now mm -hmm. uh, we have we have discussed them and the, the most new here is just the summary of what's actually in the document, which I've also now said all out with my voice. Right. Um, so the cleric, uh, as we all know, class group priest. Um, no, no surprise. Um, primary ability wisdom, obviously. Um, the flavor text is um, trying to find new words to say <laughs> many people in temples are not cleric class. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, that, that's something that they have been trying to get across to the audience one way or another for decades, many years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, maybe every edition I've played, but certainly at least third, fourth mm -hmm. and fifth. It's a big thing in Eberron. Um and then also appears elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so th they're sort of leaning into that again um, and uh, talking about also clerics who don't worship their divine benefactor. Uh, they might have some other kind of relationship with this you know, divine power or with the outer planes. Um, there, it seems that you could be playing um, a cleric who is just channeling the power of the outer planes. Uh, unclear, mm -hmm. but, um, but the door is open. The door, the door is kind of open, and honestly, it's it's been kind of open one way or another for 
decades, right? right? They're just putting it in the main text about the cleric that everyone's going to see all the time. Um, so um, the the things you get at first level before we start talking about real features are no surprise. Mm-hmm. Look, a D8 hit the die. Look, wisdom and charisma saving throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two proficient skills. They default to persuasion and religion, which are fine. You know, whatever. Uh, simple weapons, no tools. Um, armor up to medium. Shields. Great. No problem. Um, then the the multi-classing part. Um, I think I had not really zeroed in before on the fact that um, when you prepare spells as a multi-class character, uh, let's say you're a, a cleric for bard four, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the spell slots of an eighth level primary spellcaster, right? So that looks like um, uh, four, three, three, two, right? But you're preparing four three really specifically four first level spells, three second level spells. It can't work any other way, and that's not actually that different from what it, from how it worked before, um, except that you're preparing to to specific slots mm-hmm. now, uh, which I still don't understand what the game gains from that at all, and I very much dislike it. But they seem to be. I don't know, really hanging on to that. I don't. I don't see what the benefit of that is really at all. I, I don't think it makes the game any easier for new players. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if they're trying to just uh, mediate the multi-classing options in this very the, early stages. It doesn't achieve that. Well, I'm. I'm just saying. I'm wondering if they're trying to do that in the end. That's part of why it was done this way. Whether it achieves I mean, it or not doesn't. I mean, I'm just saying, like. Well, sure. I, I I assume that if it doesn't like even move in the direction of that goal, that probably wasn't the goal. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, um, it could just be. Yeah, I don't know. I you as you I, know, I, I'm not a super fan of multiclassing, so. <laughs> right. Right. I haven't and, delved deep into the multiclassing and, issues here. And and friends, I'm about to tell you, like the way cleric class design is looking right now, is a really stout argument against the concept of multiclassing mm-hmm. because they are tying themselves in knots trying to make the cleric balanced while knowing that multi-class dipping is going to happen right? and it's making things actively worse for a lot of things. I'll get to it in a second. All right. Um, so our first feature is channel divinity um, and channel divinity at first level is moving down one from where it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, every cleric has uh, two baseline channel divinity expressions. One is Divine Spark, uh, which can either uh, heal one target within 30 feet or hurt one target within 30 feet with Radiant Damage. Um, And you are either healing Proficiency Bonus D8 or dealing Proficiency Bonus D8 in damage. Uh, The attack version 
has a save for half, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's a um, con save. Um, the number of uses per day of channel divinity is proficiency bonus per long rest. It's not per short, short rest anymore. Mm. I think I've probably gone on the record before about how much I think the move away from short rests is a mistake. I think it is an especially serious mistake here. I think that you really want every class to have something cool happening um, when they take a short rest. And the the baseline cleric, we'll see a, one variation on this in a minute, but the baseline cleric has nothing special happening in short rest at all. Well, uh, and here, let's let's look at this from a slightly se- different perspective to try to put this, pu- push this argument home. Uh-huh. Let's pretend, I mean, let, let's say that, that part of the reason they want to remove that, that idea of classes getting something on a short rest is because one of the problems that they saw was that in a group that doesn't take a lot of short rests, if one or two PCs rely on a lot on short rest to get some sort of powers or to get some sort of resources back while the right. others call it the warlock right okay i'm calling out the warlock uh-huh yeah. right but the others don't need that so the group just for whatever whatever you know combination of players and playstyle and all that leads to them not taking a lot of short rests and as you know that's sort of how my game goes if you listen to the D brief we hardly ever took a short rest Right. They, sure. they never took. And we had a warlock in the party and that was a problem. And in fact, one of the D&D brief topics, the debriefing topic after the show was about that because of that issue, because at some point it became clear that the player kind of thought it hobbled him a little bit. Right. So sure. here's the thing, though. Here's why I'm saying this, that none of that even matters. What matters is let's pretend like that's what they're trying to not have happen. But here's the thing. And, and, and I think that's probably correct. But, 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 but Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, so if this class, okay, um, gets their proficiency number of channel divinities, right, and they never take a short rest, right, uh-huh. they get whatever their proficiency number is, and they never took a short rest, sure. so they never got it back. So... Well, they they were only getting anything back on short rest. Uh, in this version, if they take thaumaturge from holy order, right? Right, but that's what I'm saying is t- taking it away, right? Taking it away doesn't actually right. solve the issue, right? Because if well, if they if they're trying to solve the issue of not having things reset on a short rest because they don't want a class that relies on a short rest, but the thing is. If it did reset on a short rest, but then the group never took one, then you didn't change anything. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You get well, what I'm they're, saying? They're trying to make, uh, I, I do. They're trying to just give you your full throughput to spread out over the day as, uh, however you want. It's just there's an addition where they tried that, where everything is on a prolonged rest timer, mm-hmm. right? There is no concept of a the short rest, rest right. timer. Yeah. That that edition is third mm-hmm. and frankly also second and first, mm-hmm. but the design there was super different. Right. So I'm gonna set those aside for, for the moment. In third, there's a a major like, gameplay flow problem called the 15 minute right. workday. 
and they've just decided to lean all the way back into it. I don't understand that. It, it is so manifestly a bad idea to me that I don't understand where they're coming from. And I, I'm mm-hmm. just, uh, all I see is, well, yes, you have very much hammered out more rules for how long you have to wait to take a long rest. It's just that isn't going to make it better. That's just a higher friction, more unhappiness situation mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, short rests could be half an hour instead of an hour so that it is not the same kind of narrative interruption and everyone could get something back while no one gets everything back. Right. Everyone mm-hmm. needs both short and long rests. I don't want every class to look you know, as much the same as they did in fourth. I, I think that that's just not the identity of fifth, mm-hmm. and, and I support that. Right? I think I think it's appropriate for fifth not to adopt that part of the identity in fourth. Yeah. I, I just think they're trying to solve a problem, and they're going in the wrong direction. I, I'm agreeing with you, right? Yeah. I'm very much yeah, yeah, agreeing yeah. With, yeah. with that. I, I'm just trying to illustrate why that is, right? And here's the other oh. thing for me. Okay, you know Cleric is my favorite class ever. Noted. And for, and, for me, yeah. right – Telling me, for example, that I can only channel divinity my proficiency bonus number amount of times per uh-huh. day. What even is a cleric? I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, it's a miserable pile of secrets. <laughs> I think that's what we learned from Castlevania. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, a miserable that, pile that of secrets. Is yes, yes. But you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, right? No, I, the, I feel the yeah, channel like divinity the, is the thing that makes the cleric. No, it, it's a huge part of class identity. Right. Uh, going all the way back to to third now, and with with turn undead mm. all the, all way, the back. way back. Uh, like honestly, turn undead branching into all of channel divinity is great. I, I love mm. it. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't mind if it was separate. I don't is, care about what, what umbrella it falls under. No, no, no. I, I but it's you. more about well, the idea of I can only do it twice. I, I care only in as much as um, an ability that you just don't get to use at all today because mm-hmm. we didn't run into undead today. Sure, is a is a feels bad, right? Uh, and so, well, but, dr- having something else that draws from the same pool is a positive. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I don't. I don't disagree with that. But for me, it's it's more about okay. Well, that's an extra ability. You know, not every session is going to have undead in it, right? Agreed. If you're not playing right. that kind of campaign, not not every session's going, and that's fine, right? Like the understand. So you have other things, right? That's why divine spark is here. Okay, so yeah. I'm not disputing that at all. I'm just saying <laughs> you're telling me I can only do it twice, right? Uh-huh. Like. Twice scales up all the way to six, to six at seventeenth level. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah. like it, it's very much uh, doled out mm-hmm. as if you were going to take one short rest in the day, because previously you got one, two, three mm-hmm. per short rest. Right. Well, this is as if you're going to take one short rest, and now they just give it all yeah. to you in one lump sum. Mm-hmm. It, you know. Yeah, and, and do you I, want your lottery I, winnings as a lump sum or an annuity? Sir? Yeah, I, I get it. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we can move yeah. on. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can move on. So the other, so two, a couple more things here, real quick. 
Uh, this is using the terminology of the magic action mm. in something mm. that is not a spell. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't look much better. <laughs> um, but um, you know, if they were saying uh, as a cast a spell action, that would look bad too. Mm-hmm. So oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't like it, but um, I see they're very, very attached to their terminology and approach. Um, and finally, mm-hmm. uh, Turn Undead has been reworked to now uh, cause the dazed condition. Um, some of the phrasing around how dazed applies uh, is just a little bit strange um, because uh, it, it, the creature is dazed. The only action the creature can t- take is the dash action, and that is in essence, a further restriction mm-hmm. on top of the baseline of days. Right. Um, they're trying to get at the same thing as before, just with you know a, a new rules widget along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, know, you see where they're going there. Oh, yeah. um, it's just so, some odd grammar yeah. rules text. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of, man, this rules grammar has gotten... <laughs> more arcane mm-hmm. and nailed down than ever before. Um, that, that's where we are. Yeah. Um, there, there isn't really anything new to see in the cleric spellcasting. It does exactly what you think it would do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, assuming you understand about, like you prepare four specific first level right. spells when you have four first level mm-hmm. slots, you then spend them however you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Right now in 5th so, edition, you you have your prep allotment, and then you can uh-huh. put it on any level. So here you can't. Correct. Um, and, and also, you uh, you now prep your cantrips. You can respend those each day, right? Just mm-hmm. like any other spell prep, right. um, which is weird. Um, uh, everyone is a prepared class now. So the second level is the Holy Order feature. This is fully new. The idea here is to strip out some of the um, most basic playstyle defining stuff from uh, cleric domains, right? So you think about how uh, the war domain teaches you to use martial weapons and heavy armor. The knowledge domain gives you extra skills Mm -hmm. uh, and so on. They're gutting that and putting it here so that you could play a protector, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, trickery or protector light or whatever Mm -hmm. domain, whatever the the final domains are going to be, you know, great. Um, Or you could play those as, you know, ranged clerics that depend on cantrips or as scholars. Those are all supposed to be well supported. So, so our three holy order options, you pick one right now at second, and another at ninth are protector, scholar, and thaumaturge. Uh, I've already said what protector does. Um, scholar uh, does it something I actually really, really like. I'm very happy about scholar. So you both gain proficiency in two skills. Uh Arcana, history, nature, persuasion, and religion. Pick two. Um, I would rather like to see investigation tossed on here. 
uh, because of what investigation is actually doing now, now that it's less of a searching skill and more of a knowledge skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that that reworking of investigation is very strange. It's just a misnomer now, but I'll move on. The other thing it does is when you make an ability check using one of the two skills you specifically pick for this, you gain a bonus to the check equal to your wisdom modifier. So what's great about that is that you don't need a toweringly high intelligence skill, the intelligence ability score that you're just not going to have mm-hmm. as a cleric because having a free high score to throw around is not a thing, um, especially in point by but, uh, or a standard array, but really ever. You're always going to need some other stat. Um, anyway, your wisdom now substitutes here. The sage cleric is sort of at home again, and that makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice touch. This is a problem that I observed in D&D Next, right? There mm-hmm. was a, a player, uh, Colin specifically, who was rolling up a uh, cleric sage of the uh, uh, knowledge domain as soon as there, were, there was a knowledge domain to, to be part of. And uh, uh, it kind of didn't work as a build right. because he didn't have a great score in intelligence. It was, you know, not terrible, but it wasn't great. Right. And so he was just bad at being a sage and that felt awful because knowledge domain. Right. Um, anyway, I'm very happy about this. Thaumaturge finally gives you an extra cantrip from the divine spell list. And um, when you finish short, short rest, you refresh one channel divinity use. Um so that is a short rest mechanic here, but it's only for this one specific holy order. Mm-hmm. Uh, at ninth level, you pick another holy order. That's weird because you're not going to change your play style. So it's kind of going to be scholar or thaumaturge because you're probably not going to suddenly start having the ability scores to make protector work if you didn't have them before. Yeah, that it does feel weird. It, it's almost as if uh, that would make more sense if there were many more holy orders to choose from. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and um, the the thing about Protector showing up at second and to a only slightly lesser extent scholar uh, is that your starting gear is going to be a simple weapon and lighter medium armor and a shield because it's what you can use to get you through first level. Right. You're not going to pick the starting gear that you can't use yet. Right. And so as a protector, you end up needing to completely rebuy all of your core gear. You get martial weapon proficiency and suddenly have heavy armor training. And Uh now everything that you own is no longer tuned to your particular skill set. Yep. Which does not make sense. Well, so they're, trying to make you take two levels of cleric instead of just class dipping right, once right, right. to get right. this, but yes. they're totally breaking the newbie cleric players game experience here. Like they're ruining that player's experience of reaching second level. Right. <laughs> right. Like that is actually really bad. Um, switching to a martial weapon is pretty easy, assuming you're not in the middle of an adventure. 
switching from lighter medium armor to heavy might or might not be easy. Mm-hmm. That might actually be pretty bad. Right. Um, well, and, and, you know, yeah. Anyway, I was going to say it, it kind of uh, depends on how your DM sees that, right? Like how, how are they going to deal with that? Are you in a city where you can get a suit of armor? Are you not? exactly are, right? Do you have enough money yeah. for that now, now that there's been, you know, maybe you have more money than you would have had before, but maybe not. Right. Well, I mean, not more money than uh, I get this item fairly automatically from. Right. But, that, but that's what I mean. Uh, or, yeah. or you know, I mean, I, as as a DM, I would say, you know, if you can find a temple of your deity, they can probably arrange something for you. Right. Like, sure. like I would totally sure. do that. I would totally make it narratively effective. Right. Right. But I shouldn't well, have to oh. do that. <laughs> Or in the middle of the the dungeon, like a, a corpse with a right <laughs> a suit yeah. of chainmail yep. is a totally reasonable right. thing to find, sure. but right like that's all pushing a class design problem onto the DM to solve mm-hmm. in a way that I think is um really asking for trouble. It's just borrowing trouble, and I don't approve of that at all. Yeah. Um, I did, you know, go ahead and get my feet wet in homebrew design for one D and D by writing a bunch more um, holy orders today, just to experiment with what it felt like to design for this and think about hey, are all of these appropriate for a bunch of different domain concepts? So, uh, let's say that a lot of those playstyle shifting things are real strange. If Holy Order comes at second rather than first, I think they need to change it. I'll move on. I'll, I'll let this go and move on. Um, your your cleric subclass comes at third level, and that's going to be really weird for a lot of people because, uh, in a sense, the waveform of everything about your deity and domain are uncollapsed until third. Uh the fiction is not that you don't know anything about your deity. The fiction is more um, you don't get any features, right, from from your deity until third. Uh, like no one is saying your spells just come from nowhere and nothing because you don't have a deity yet until third. That's not that's not the fiction. I we're going to hear a lot of people say that. It, it's a hostile read. Don't be like that you're gonna hear people say what sorry you're gonna hear people say that oh the first spells you get at first and second level uh, first second you know cleric class level just come from nowhere because you don't have a deity yet that's not what's going on in the fiction it's a it's a hostile read of the situation maybe don't be like that um anyway um just like we saw with the expert class group, uh, your subclass features come at uh, 3, 6, 10, 14. Um, they're trying to get everyone on that same scheme. And the fact that it makes things weird is just too bad. Um, but it's very much, again, about preventing uh, one-level class dips from getting you too much. I will just say... I think a one-level class dip in cleric right now already gets you too much in this cleric, the one D and D cleric, mm-hmm. because uh, channel divinity scales on your proficiency bonus 
It has nothing in the world to do with gaining more levels of clarity. Your, your channel divinity will improve again in a different way when you get another feature at fifth level, but divine spark gains damage and uses per day. No matter what, whether you never touch no matter what. cleric again or not. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that's an amazing, amazing buy for one character level. Um, you gain access to first level cleric spells, which are really, really good. Uh, and then also channel divinity and and those scale. Okay. I mean, just gaining uh, cure wounds and healing word and bless would have all been enough. Also getting channel divinity. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. Like, this is what I'm talking about with they're tying themselves in knots over multi-class one level dipping and still not achieving their goal while also making the game worse. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, I don't know that there's a solution down this path. I think they are going down the wrong road, though. I wonder if they're going to try to do this with every class, right? Give a big bump so that it's possible to multi-class and get one level and get something really good, but then you never have to dip into that class again. But the issue is, well, then there's no reason for people to not just take five dips, yep. right? And get. I, I don't think they're. Know. I think they're trying to push you away from dips. Uh, if they were comfortable with dips, I think you'd have holy orders at first level. I'm I'm super serious about that. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe I don't know. Like, if you look at the the ranger, like, uh, and the the bard, like the the bard's bardic inspiration is okay to hand out at first level, even though it scales off proficiency bonus because your bardic die scales with bard level and not proficiency bonus, right? Um, now that bardic inspiration reaction is still amazing as a one level dip. It, it is still amazing. Um, but I don't think that it gets as just unbelievably good as um, the, the situation with, uh, with channel divinity. Uh, also, honestly, that one level of cleric also gets you guidance, which is also a sort of one die size down verdict inspiration for some stuff. And you you could also get resistance if you're not satisfied. So, I mean, man, one level of cleric is way too good right now. I, I was saying it was too good in 2014. because I was looking at the idea of one level of cleric, everything else wizard to just have access to your wounds and healing word that you could cast with higher level spell slots they've only more so but I can let this go and move on because we got to get through this um, fourth level is a feat the feat progression is exactly what you think uh, 4, 8, 12, 16, 19 uh, fifth level is a really interesting one um, instead of destroy undead that clerics have been getting since absolutely forever uh, as the, their upgrade for turn undead that just uh, smites the crap out of <laughs> every undead in the county. Mm -hmm. um, you now deal your divine spark damage 
because that's what that amounts to. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to the turn effect, uh, it only takes place on a failed save. You don't do half damage on a successful save, but you are an absolute killing machine against undead. And the cool thing about this is that uh, you're less likely to be in a situation where you're like, well, like I, I I'm probably not going to be able to like turn all these guys. I don't really want to turn them because I don't really want them to run away. That's actually more inconvenient. And I know I can't destroy them. So I just won't use it. Well, now you get to deal a pile of damage and then maybe also daze them and such. So there's a lot of good there uh, in terms of the cleric's experience around when is it a good idea to use turn undead. So th- this is a feature I really like. Um, it does mean you have a bunch of features that are just about undead. So a campaign that has no undead is maybe a little boring for the cleric because they have all these features they don't get to use. But I digress. Features without any undead are probably not common. Um, so uh, seventh level, Blessed Strikes. It does exactly what Blessed Strikes does in Tasha's, except it's moved from eighth down to seventh. Um, here again, it's something that is broken out of the subclass design and put into the core class. That uh, extra damage with a melee attack or with a cantrip. Um, if you haven't looked at Tasha's, then you may be surprised to see that it doesn't scale again at 14th. It doesn't. It, they don't. You don't get another damage die from melee at 14th level. That's just a thing. Um, so it's once per turn. Blessed Strikes will not help you at all if you have extra attack from somewhere. Um, which has always been a little bit rough for your, your War Priest, but I digress. Um I already mentioned that at ninth level you get another holy order. Uh, uh, Divine intervention has moved from tenth up to eleventh, uh, and its its core function is unchanged. There's a little bit more guidance to the DM on what kinds of stuff makes good intervention, um, and then it resets in two d six days after successfully getting an intervention, rather than a fixed seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really sure that's better, but whatever. I don't don't super care. Well, if it's Uh, not successful, then you just need a long rest and you can try it again. mm -hmm. So, right. Well, that that's the same. No, I know, but I'm just you know, I I, in terms of a divine intervention, I feel like that's kind of thematic, right? So, sure. Um, but the the random two d six days might be a little weird to me. Uh, as opposed to just a tradition of mm. uh, you should wait a week yeah. once your god has <laughs> you know shown up for you on the battlefield. Right. Um, I do love it when a divine intervention works, uh, but it's super unlikely in combat. Mm-hmm. It's mostly not a good use of your turn in combat, yeah, um, because it is so unlikely. Right. So it is you know an absolute hail mary pass. Uh, that is, well, initially a one in 10 shot and barely improving until you get to now 18th level rather than 20th. <laughs> because as with the expert classes, that 20th level feature got kicked downstairs to 18th. Yeah. So they could fit in the epic boon uh, capstone. It's just such a, I mean, it's so tough to get it to go off that uh, it is. E- 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, you would have to be like about to die and about to like, I'm the last one up and I, I know I can't defeat the foe that I'm standing toe to toe with. So I'm just going to hail Mary it. And as my action, just do a divine intervention and try to call on my deity to, to make something right. happen. And then uh, you have to roll under your level right. or equal to or lower than your level on yep. a percentage die. I mean, come on. Right. Now, there is a situation where the whole idea is great, you know, greatly overpowered. If the thing you need that the DM you know, agrees you need is something you can do outside of combat, so you can just like try today, try again tomorrow, try again the next day as part of downtime, then you're going to get what you want. It's just a matter of having enough days to keep rolling, right? Um, and that feels weird to me because like, imagine the situation of a siege, right? And you want something that will bring that wall down. Well, like I'm going to be here for a month. I've got nothing but time. I have that wall down. It's just a matter of how many days it takes to, you know, hit that one on a D10, basically. I'm rounding the odds, but you follow me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um, that sort of bothered me as I was thinking about what it would say in world building if you had a bunch of clerics together. And I understand that NPC clerics don't work the same. Right. This is only about, you know, this class is only for PCs. Mm-hmm. NPCs don't do this. Right. But in the world where you imagine that they did, you have a, a temple full of clerics. Wow. Like one tenth of them get a massive miracle each day. That is sort of a, a big change in just what you imagine the world looking like. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about people 10th level and higher or now 11th level and higher. Right, That's right. not actually common. I do understand all that. Mm-hmm. It just really says something sort of, oh, this is where the world starts changing big time for clerics, um, but only if it can be done in downtime. Anyway, um, that's the that's the cleric. Uh, the, the rest of what's here is just uh, extrapolations of what I've already talked about. Um, their default epic boon is the epic boon of fate. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, the prepared list, I think it is, well, I think Guardian of Faith is not a good purchase, but <laughs> most of the rest of what's here is hard to argue with. It's, you know, the most default of lists, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty good with this. It's just... It'd be sad if every cleric cleric actually looked like this, because there are much more spells than this to play around with. <laughs> um, but like again, their default list should be good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to move quickly into cleric subclasses. Well, again, I'm just You're, you know okay. recommended as a keyword there. So it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's not telling you you're stuck with it. Yeah. It's just um, those recommendations are a lot of the best ones, mm-hmm. and they're they're pretty hard to argue with. Um, like I, I would not maybe wait till second level on that bless. I'd go ahead and switch bless and shield of faith. Um, but yeah, now I'm just nitpicking. 
Um, so anyway, so subclasses, <laughs> so, so subclasses, the life domain. Um, so the the core thing that's happening here is very much the same as before, just with some levels moved around. Um, the domain spells. Well, you don't get the domain spells feature till third, because you don't get a, a domain until third. So you don't retroactively gain additional domain spells of first level spells. And that makes me really unhappy. I don't think that the domain spells feature as such needed to get less powerful. I thought it was cool that it gave you all the stuff that it gave you. Uh, it's a fairly similar list to what was there before, but some stuff has also been changed. It, I think one spell is different at each of the four levels that you gain spells. Um, and that's fine. Um as we see, Prayer of Healing has been rewritten because they're trying to uh, make it a spell worth casting. And we'll talk in a little bit about if they got there. Uh, Disciple of Life, uh, a very light reword uh, that uh, is for a very specific purpose, but the same basic idea of goosing all of your uh, healing throughput when you cast a spell. Um do note that if you cast a spell that does not use a spell slot, such as one from um, the Magic Initiate uh, feat, it doesn't gain this benefit, right? Because it has to be cast with a spell mm -hmm. slot. Mm -hmm. um, also, the phrasing is changed to uh, the creature uh, that creature regains additional hit points on the turn you cast the spell. That's new language. That is about um, blocking things like aura of vitality and um, healing spirit. Right. Those healing over time features where you keep doing additional healing after the round of casting. They don't want to goose every round. They just want to get you on, the on that very first round. Um, so a, a fair and reasonable solution. Um, Uh, six level preserve life, uh, same function as before, uh, just, uh, you know, channel divinity is different now. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that the whole time we were in um, Tomb of Annihilation, we had a life cleric, uh, and it was much rarer than you'd expect for her to be able to use the pool of discretionary hit points that she was getting from preserved life. Um, we would take a ton of damage, but only maybe one of us would be bloodied and we wouldn't be far enough below bloodied to get a lot out of this, uh, you know, at whatever level we were at that point. So I would just say preserve life often hard to use well as is. Um, I think that's kind of strange. Um, I think that uh, the thing where it can't heal you above half your hit point maximum is um, unnecessary protection in the world where where divine spark exists, right? Like it's it's a good amount of healing, mm -hmm. but. Uh, 
it's just so much that you can't use all of it most of the time. Um, and Divine Spark is there saying, I have no problem healing them above half health. Mm-hmm. Use me instead. Right. I, I don't know. Um, Blessed Healer at 10th um, does exactly what it did before. It splashes you with healing uh, when you heal someone else. Uh, again, when you use a spell slot and only on the turn that you cast it. Finally, Supreme Healing uh, it maximizes your healing done when you cast for the spell slot. Um, and uh, it does mean that this feature gets nothing out of the healer feat anymore, but it's probably okay that that feat you took at first level because that's when, when you would ever buy that feat um, served you well for 13 levels. That's probably mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and it, it's not the whole feat does nothing. It's just that one of the main things that feat did now does nothing. Right. But now the question is, is it going to be seen as a trap feat because it's not as good? So is it even worth taking? I mean, it's it's a bit more of a uh, measured decision for a life cleric specifically, but plenty of people aren't going to be life clerics mm-hmm. are going to be some sure. other kind of cleric or some other kind of okay. healer. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. So, you know, you do need to have your eyes open there, but I don't think it, I don't think I would go so far as to uh, call it a, a trap feat um, because like battle medic still works. And now your target has lots and lots and lots of hit dice because you're on 14th level to throw at battle medic um, like round over round of you patching them up mm-hmm. uh, healing rerolls does fade but whatever right uh, you do you deserve to understand that going in but I don't think it rises the level of trap feet to me um, anyway that is the cleric and the life domain um, I mean I, so here's the thing right like I I it feels like a cleric, so that's good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Some of the changes are little niggling things to me that, honestly, I need to see them in play, and I need to see them in the big picture to sort of see how I feel about them. Um, It's a perfectly workable cleric. <laughs> I don't really have much more to say. I mean, I, I don't. I don't, I don't have, I mean, and so I don't mean that as damning with faint praise. I mean, there's nothing that strikes me as, oh my God, that's absolutely horrible. Um, But there's also nothing that strikes me as, oh, that is so badass. Everybody's going to want to play a cleric now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, I I get what you're saying. I do think Divine Spark is, uh, is pretty cool. The thing about it is that um, it is, only staying about 1d8 ahead of uh, Sacred Flame mm-hmm. at any given point. Um, it does do damage on a uh, successful save the way Sacred Flame won't. Right. right? But uh, Sacred Flame sure is, I can't trip, so you can try again next round and expend nothing right. other than your turn. Um, but having said all that, the cleric didn't need a lot of help. The cleric was a good solid class before and remains one now. Sure. Yeah. And that's um, partly why there's I don't have a lot to say about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh 
Um, so I am very happy, as I said before, about Holy Order as a feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that it is saying, yeah, go play a bunch of different play styles in all those domains. It's fine. We're not going to lock you into this is a melee one. And if you don't want to play in melee, then you're just going to have a bunch of wasted features. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, it is just sort of asking you to understand how you plan to play. Right. Uh, so, you know, you, you ought to pay attention to that. And uh, you could absolutely wind up sort of, well, I thought I wanted to be a protector, but that turned out to not be my deal. And so I hope that DMs would have the grace to say, fine, respend. Let's move on. I don't care. Uh, rather than the game needing to say, you can change your choice whenever you finish a long rest. Cause that that's a whole different feels bad situation right, to me. Right. That I would not, I would not like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would not like that. Uh, I think the, the core thing is just protector needs a specific uh, ability score distribution. You have to have a good strength and or dexterity. Uh, you could play a like dex cleric with a rapier, which is good because trickery is going to exist at some point. Um, or you can play a, you know, smash it with a Warhammer kind of kind of cleric that is a, a classic of D&D. Um, but you need to know to do that with your ability scores at the start of game. You can't then decide that going into second level. So they've separated that, that choice from the payoff moment by, I mean, it's 300 XP, folks. But it... You know that that might be a session or two, and that's not good. But and and it it also you know makes a point of saying, oh well, wisdom, you know, is your primary ability, but it doesn't give any hint about, you know, if you you know if you want to play this type of cleric, you might think about focusing some other points, you know, as you're building your cleric, you know, you might, you might want to have a second ability that is the second highest and wisdom's the highest right. and you might want strength or you might want dex or you might want int or you might want charisma or it doesn't give any of that. Right. I agree. I agree that it does not do that. And you might not realize it until you get to second level because that's when your holy order comes. And I know that's the problem that you're talking about too. Yep. And I, I fully agree. I think that's an issue. All right, so let's keep yep. on moving to hit character species. Um, so they're only looking at the uh, Ardling, the Dragonborn, and the Goliath. Um, the the Ardling of, and the Dragonborn, of course, we last saw in the, the first UA document, mm-hmm. right? Um, that was the first appearance of the word Ardling in D&D. Mm-hmm. So we don't exactly have a edition war style legacy to play with here. <laughs> uh, though what we talked about at the time was that they were drawing on um, Gardenals from um, Planescape, uh, which were not really PC playable in second ed when they first showed up, uh, but were still cool. And, you know, moving them into PC playable space now that um, SMR are, you know, much closer to just being a full core thing is great. I'm, I'm a fan. Um, they've changed the theme here. Ardlings are not about Gardinals anymore. They are now uh, a 
catch-all for anthropomorphic races, specific, well, sorry, species, I'm going to have to get used to that, uh, species from the Beastlands. And so they are less themed around an angelic nature, and they're more themed around a bestial nature. They're very much stepping on the, the shifters of Eberron, right? Except that they don't sometimes look, you know, almost completely like ordinary people uh, that are not Ardlings and then shift into, you know, beast mode. Um, nor are they, in fact, Marshawn Lynch, uh, though, man, the guy was amazing. Um, they, they, they have a, a beast feature all the time based on one of four categories of beast. Um, and then they also have uh, a single uh, divine cantrip that starts at thaumaturgy and he get reassigned. Um, and they have uh, proficiency in perception. Uh, I'm, I'm getting to the, the minor features before I go back and cover animal ancestry, mm-hmm. their, their core feature. Um, so animal ancestry, uh, you pick between climber, flyer, uh, racer, and swimmer. Uh, um, and each of these does something for you that is, you know, all the time or close to all the time. So climber gives you a climb speed exactly like you think. Um, and then it also, and I really like this, uh, lets you add your proficiency bonus to your uh, damage with unarmed strikes because you have sharp claws that you climb with. I think that's cool. Um, rather than being a full, uh, like, you can do D4 or D6 damage with unarmed strikes, eh, it's okay. Um, I, I guess this is about playing nice with the monk as much as anything. Um, If you're planning to lean into this, you still need to plan to buy Tavern Brawler and have a very good strength score. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love it if they'd start letting claws and dexterity get along together (laughs) because that feels on theme to me, Mm -hmm. but they're not listening to me on that one, so that's fine. Um, Flyer. Uh, does not give you flying, surprisingly enough. It gives you, uh, you know, paragliding with your wings when you fall at least 10 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, When you fall at least 10 feet, you can use your reaction to safely glide downward, taking no damage from the fall. And when you take the jump action, you can flap your wings to gain advantage on that action's ability check. Um, This is a very tame vision of flying, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate because I am one of those people who feels there are, you know, avoid the challenge issues with being able to fly from first level. Um, but also they want to tell the story of vestigial wings, not the kind of wingspan you'd need to, you know, carry a uh, smaller medium creature. Um, mm-hmm. which would be quite quite substantial, and they would have to tell further story about and so forth. Um, uh, racer, I'm very amused. There's a dinosaur type included included in this. Um, that's and that's also a heck of a choice. triceratops aren't necessarily known for speed. 
Uh, what are you, some kind of biologist? I'm, there, I'm just saying. I mean, they're not like super slow, but they're not like what you would think of as super fast either. So. No, it's it's a strange <laughs> it's choice. A one. There are definitely faster dinosaurs. <laughs> Th- things with velocity in the yes. game are probably faster. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, boy. Um, but it increases your speed when you use the dash action. Yeah. Uh, it only is speed for the duration of that dash, dash action, but the increase is 10 times your proficiency bonus. So, like, wow. <laughs> that's that, that that's some zoomies. Um, yeah, that's, so, I mean, that's 10 times. That's, 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 that's pretty good. I mean, this this feature is okay for every class that isn't rogue. And then what is even happening? This is so good for rogues. Um, we'll see what Step of the Wind winds up looking like. <laughs> it might also be what is even happening? This is too good for monks. Right. But mainly rogues. Um, because they can dash as a um, bonus action. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, swimmer, uh, well, it gives you a swim speed uh, and lets you hold your breath for up to an hour. It's not water breathing, and that's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that, though, you know, crocodiles, dolphins, and frogs are not noted for their water breathing, so I appreciate that. Sharks, the other thing. Um, <laughs> but as a kind of consolation prize for the fact that you still only have an hour uh, of holding your breath, uh, you gain resistance to cold damage, which is phenomenal. That is really good. Why frogs get it, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) But it's fine. What are you, some kind of biologist? (laughs) I am not. Friends, I am not. Um. So that's the new Ardling. Um, it is less magical overall. Um, it, it is expressing its bestial nature more steadily. And I think that's, I think I like that pretty well. Um, they're, they're trying to say that the Beastlands are part of the Outer Plains, which means divine magic. But I still think it's weird to use divine magic here and not primal because it's the Beastlands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And saying that, well, the Beastlands don't have things like all of those primal spells that you'd expect. I don't know, like Pass Without Trace or whatever. That seems weird mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Primal savagery is a cantrip. You know, tons of very uh, beast-forward druid spells, that kind of thing. Yeah, it feels like um, a, a dissonance, right? It's, it's a disconnect between the idea of what the particular species is supposed to be but and the sort of categorical well no outer planes means divine right right um so that's a thing um yeah and you know um it's okay it doesn't break anything it's fine um it's just probably not what i would have done if i were writing it but i'm not um so next up is Dragonborn. 
uh, unless you had more you want to say in the Ardling, Sam. I don't mean to rush. You. Uh, no, I, I I quite like it. I mean, it's interesting. I I liked the uh-huh. idea the first time because I like mm-hmm. animals, right? I like animal sure. ancestry style things. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not sure I, mean, I agree with all the choices, but you know, again, it's something I need to see in play. Yeah, um, I mean, it is at least really easy to see where Lutrinians would fit. Right. In. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or or right. any other animal, right? If you want to right. uplift yeah. an animal in your setting, not not uplift in the science fiction version, but or idea, but you know, just if you want to have an animal that is a playable species because it has at least average intelligence then here's a a great template for how to do that yeah for sure for sure um it is definitely solid on that front um and honestly like an awakened creature getting partway to ardling is not a terrible idea right yeah um anyway uh dragonborn Dragonborn. um very little change here they're they're doing two really specific things. Um, so one is they uh, they took some heat for Draconic being a uh, species-wide language. Mm-hmm. I like Draconic being a magic language. I thought that was cool, but apparently it didn't go over well uh, widely enough. <laughs> and so it's gone and replaced with, with Draconic Flight. And Friends, if being able to speak Draconic is as good as Draconic Flight, uh, what? <laughs> but you do have to wait till fifth level for this one. Yeah. Um, and so you you gain uh, spectral wings, so you don't have to deal with the like physical realities of. And then the wings burst out and ruin my clothes mm-hmm. or my yeah. armor. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, and you have wings for 10 minutes uh, or until you're incapacitated or decide to withdraw them, uh, fly speed equal to your speed, once per long rest. Uh, also, they look like they're made out of the energy used by your breath weapon, which is really interesting. Cool. That's that's, uh, that's a nice little narrative like, thing. That's uh, nice. I will just say you can paint my dragonborn with poison wings on the side of that van right now, <laughs> y'all. That is extremely metal um <laughs> fire wings obviously amazing right. um yeah. so yeah uh, like ice wings what's well, not the like that's great it's a, that's well, a and, super and cool image i mean imagine, think of the imagery of this right okay i'm a i'm uh-huh. a i'm a bronze dragon i push my head back and i spew lightning out and it forms behind me and makes the framework of wings and i can now fly for 10 minutes yeah like that's just awesome that's very That's cool. Awesome. So, so the other thing going on here is th- uh, them. Uh, folks, I mean Jeremy Crawford. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm speaking indistinctly. Is there a byline on this one? Mean, no. Uh, they stopped yeah, using yeah. a byline. Yeah. Well, whatever. Because yeah. anyway, um, they had one on the first one. So, you know. Right. Uh, and then one of the people in that byline uh, left, left the company. Yeah, so. <laughs> so. Um, anyway, uh, I'm not trying to deny uh, Christopher Perkins any credit. I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. It's not my business. Um, but what the what, what's going on here is just about how much of an action and what kind of action does it take to use your breath weapon and how do we scale that properly? Um, so in fourth edition, it was on bonus action. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, minor action, sorry. Minor action. Um, in uh, 2014, it takes your whole action. And so 
whoever you are, it's the same amount of an action, right? Your whole action. Um, it just means that, well, if you have an action that would do something really cool, then it's not very appealing <laughs> to use your breath mm-hmm, weapon because mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, a 30 foot line or a 15 foot cone and, you know, not a huge pile of damage. The damage is uh, maybe a little bit more generous here, I think. Um, but this is using the model we saw in Fizzbun's Treasury of Dragons, where it is it replaces one attack out of your attack action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's where it gets weird, because that means it does something very different for fighters than for rogues. Right? Um, and obviously all of our pure spellcasters are losing their whole action because they don't mm-hmm. have extra attack to gain them anything. I mean, extra. they're just turning it into an attack action. It's just a single attack. Right. Uh, it's just the fighter is spending only a tiny portion of their, of their attack action to do that is my point. They're replacing one attack. Yeah. But rather, rather than. Right. Yeah. And I don't, so, I don't so, have so a problem the fighter, with that. <laughs> well, like the 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 rogue loading everything into a single attack means it's more costly, mm-hmm. right? And it, it means it's harder to get to the right situation where this is a good idea. It's very easy for a fighter to get to where this is a good idea, right? Because it's just one of their attacks. They don't have a ton of adds to each attack um, the way like a, a paladin or a rogue does. Um, so it's just very uneven across classes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's a bad design. It does mean uh, you need to think about if this is going to fit into your your actions uh, if you are interested in mechanics in that way. Mm-hmm. If you just want to play a, a draconic character, yeah, great, great. I love it. I, I, I played a, a Dragonborn last night, and he was a sorcerer. And so his breath weapon was, no matter what, going to be his whole action. <laughs> it was still super fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had a great time with it. Right. Um, I, I absolutely fried some people because my uh, damage roll was very good. Um, I digress. <laughs> um, I'm basically fine with this. I was basically fine with one before it. Um, they're both better than the 2014 one because the damage scaling is uh, more generous. Uh, this is uh, it uses equal to your proficiency bonus, refresh, and long rest, just like everything now. That I think is a mistake. I think that probably this really specifically needs to be on short rest so that the fighter specifically doesn't go through and, uh, you know, burn through all of his uh, breath weapons in three rounds or whatever. Uh, and like trivialize one fight and then be asking for a long rest. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I don't want to see. That That is just what they're asking for here with the shift to long rest. Uh, finally, the Goliath. Um, it'd be interesting if this means the Goliath is moving into kind of uh, core, right? As another, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big chap kind of right, species right. Um, alongside you know, your orc. Um, 
And so I wouldn't be sorry about that. I I have warmed up to Goliath's sort of edition over edition. Um, I, I like that the flavor text is not, these guys are so competitive. Oh my gosh, they're the most competitive people you've ever met <laughs> because that's very tedious at the table. Now, now they're, you know, giant kin, whatever. They're, they're, you're giant kin characters. Great. Um, they they hold the door. That's a Game of Thrones <laughs> joke. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's a huge spoiler if you didn't get to that late season. Anyway. Um, so they have a Look, speed it's of 35. years now. It's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, if that if that joke was a spoiler for you, Cool. Don't keep watching. <laughs> Do yourself a solid. Oh my goodness. Um, so the speed is 35 feet, which is uh, the way it's listed here. It's almost sort of a, a hidden feature. It's really nice to have though. A little bit of extra speed. Because mm-hmm. um, they're so big. Right. Their stride is them, long. Got them, got them yeah. long stride. Uh, long stridey voice. It's very nice. Um, then this is the big change to Goliath's giant ancestry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to just be stone giant kin anymore. Uh, the stone's endurance feature for stone giant kin is unchanged from the previous Goliath, but now you could instead be cloud giant kin, fire giant kin, frost giant kin, hill giant kin, or storm giant kin. And that's great, I think. It's a surprise, but I'm into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and uh, many years ago, uh, now working for Wright Publishing, uh, I adapted in the company of giants from Pathfinder First Ed to Fifth Edition. Um, that was actually the first time I ever worked with uh, Dan Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my editor for that. And so I, I have a real soft spot in my heart for this kind of thing mm-hmm. because we created a, a a people in that called uh, uh, the Yotanar, who were basically this, right? Um, and we're doing stuff like this. Right. Um, anyway, um, all of the giant ancestry features uh, are uses, you know, per long rest equal to your proficiency bonus. Of course they are. Um, a bunch of them are extra damage on when you. You know, hit with an attack roll. You don't have to do the thing till you hit. You know, to declare it till you hit, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, so fire is pure damage. Frost is some damage and a snare. You know, reducing their speed by ten feet. Um, Hill giant is a knockdown. So they don't get extra save against. It's just if you hit, and they're not uh, larger than large, they're on the ground. Um, so that's kind of a surprise. You sh- we usually see that kind of thing with a save. Um, then Storm's Thunder is uh, retributive damage. Uh, 1d8 Thunder as a reaction mm-hmm. when you take damage from a creature within 60 feet. So, and you skipped Cloud's Jaunt. I, I was going back yeah, to it. Because it's not I, damage. I forgot about it. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Cloud's Jaunt, which is the one that is probably amazing for every conceivable build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine a character who would not love right. uh, additional Misty Steps equal to their proficiency bonus. Right. That is great. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. Um, 
in one of the games I'm playing in, we got a, a, a supernatural gift where just each of us have one extra misty step per day. Nice. Like, yep, I'm always gonna want that. It's incredible. <laughs> like I don't use it every day, but when we're in a tight spot, I'm I've never in my life been sad to have that around. Um, so those are all cool. I think that every single one of them would, would be better uh, as you know, once or twice per short rest mm-hmm. rather than for C bonus per long. Right. Stone's endurance is the same, right? Stone's endurance yeah. is the same. Yeah. Um, and it, it's the, the damage mitigation, right? Right. Uh, yeah, D12 plus D12. con yeah. modifier. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but it also means that you might really very much trivialize a, you know, one tough fight but then you're really going to be pushing to get a long rest in before the boss fight, right? So that you can then again, trivialize the boss fight, right? That's the thing I'm trying to say is better to avoid. Um, So large form, um, you can Hulk out. You just straight up Hulk out. You change your size to large uh, for 10 minutes. Uh, you, you transform as a bonus action. And then what you get for hulking out is advantage on strength checks and another 10 feet of speed. That's kind of a weird thing to grant for hulking out to me. Like, those aren't wrong. There's just kind of, oh, I thought I'd hit harder. Huh. Um, I will certainly grant that the Incredible Hulk very believably has advantage on strength checks and moves faster. That's a thing. Sure. <laughs> um, and you can only use large form once per long rest, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, but you're not always angry. Just for the record. Mm-hmm. That's not your secret. You aren't always angry. Um, then um, powerful build uh, is like powerful build that we've seen before, but also you have advantage in any saving throw you make to end the grappled condition. So in addition to uh, being the party's favorite pack mule, uh, <laughs> you also shake off grapples well because uh, Why not? You, you got them muscles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's why I say that's, because why not? It's, that's, yeah. that's, you know, little bump. It's fine. Yeah. I wish grappled was more specific, but you know. <laughs> Sure. Well, the issue with that is just because the save you make at the end of your turn, um, you're still standing there right next to the enemy mm-hmm. that grappled you. Right. So it's not really much of an escape. Uh, <laughs> you you got to have some other way to escape to achieve the thing. Um, see also a 30-foot teleport. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, this Goliath is pretty much fine. Um, I have a, a a kind of people in my Orakesh campaign that this would represent well. So I'm very much thinking about just bringing, bringing this straight in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't had a representation for them that I was completely happy with before now because just making them Goliaths before didn't quite feel mm-hmm. right. Um, but the giant ancestry actually kind of sews that up for me because of how they work in my campaign. Right. So I'm pretty happy with this overall. Cool. Yeah. I like it too. Uh, I think it's interesting and flavorful. And um, I think it's 
pretty badass to be able to teleport. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I, I'm just worried that it will be kind of, well, you could take something other than cloud if you wanted to be wrong. Right. Well, and that's the problem, right? Where you get one that's yeah. just a shining star and the rest are, you yep. know, but it, that's okay. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but it, there will probably be more balanced tweaks before all is said and done. Sure. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to go plowing into feats. Are we good? But uh, I, We'll skip over ones that, I mean, there's only what, four or something. So we're, yeah, uh, th- there's four, one of which we don't need to yeah, talk. About. I was going to say, well, yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so the three we need to talk about are the new Epic boons that are priest group friendly. Um, so uh, the Epic Boon of Fate, the Epic Boon of Spell Recall, and the Epic Boon of True Sight are what's here. The Epic Boon of True Sight, I'll go ahead and tell you, is just straight taken from the uh, 2014 DMG. The only change is that it is now priest group only. For mm-hmm. Maybe there's a reason for that, but I don't know. I sort of felt like, hey, it's an Epic Boon. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Buy True Sight. Right. It's fine. Um, the Epic Boon of Spell Recall is um, greatly depowered <laughs> from its old version. Um, this gives you functionally an extra fifth level spell slot that is not a fifth level spell slot. It's a, it's a phantom spell slot. You're not actually spending a slot. Um, the previous version of Epic Boon of Spell Recall worked for any spell you had, so it could be up to ninth level spells. Yeah, for a 20th um, level thing, this feels so weak. It does. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, there was there's one more sort of caveat in how that worked, but I'm not looking it up right now. Um, and then the Epic Boon of Fate. Uh, I mean, it's the same as the Epic Boon of Luck that we discussed in the Experts mm-hmm. episode, yeah. um, except that it is um, it's others only rather than self only. Right. Um, and this is mage or priest group, just like spell recall is mage or priest. Um, and then, oh, the, the the extra thing about this is that um, this also resets when you roll initiative instead of just short or long. Mm-hmm. So it is resetting more often than the wordic inspiration that it so closely resembles. Right. Um, it's fine. Like the the reset on initiative helps a lot. Um, I will just say, hey, if you're going to start letting things reset when you roll initiative, you could really sew up some of that. But people don't take short rests problem mm-hmm. a different way. Yep. Use your own design uh-huh. uh, design tools, guys. But whatever. Right. I, I'm, I'm just being salty at this point i should stop that. well it's- i mean i i get what you're saying and the thing is this is the only place in this document where that particular thing is used right the the resetting on an initiative role i think i think so, so too there might have been one other thing um yeah. we'll, we'll see but i think that's the only thing but you know it's it seems like well if that's an option let's see yeah. if we can spread that mechanic around Right, and yep. see if that makes sense for other things. Um, so, uh, this episode's uh, got a little 
uh, little long. So mm-hmm. for the rules glossary, I'm only going to hit what's in the change log. And God bless them for the change log. <laughs> oh Lord, I am. I couldn't be happier to see this change log. I'll tell you what. Well, to I've, be honest, having a change log is the way that you maintain your documents, right? I mean, this it is, absolutely this is right. What was I, happening from the beginning? Right. For for sure. Well, other than the first one, they well, do get of to. Of course, yes. Right, right. <laughs> they get a pass but, on the first yes. one. <laughs> um, but the change log is lovely. Um, and so there are uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There are 14 items in the change log. Some of them are uh, discussions, and some of them are there's nothing to even say here. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Uh, I'm going to hit one of the controversial ones first. At least it's controversial where I'm sitting. Uh, the change to aid. Uh, so aid, going way back in D&D's history, was additional maximum hit points. It was one of the few effects that, for any length of time, changed your maximum hit points for the better. Um, and, and in 2014, it does so for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, to it affects three creatures, increases their maximum hit points by five. Uh, but it's a buff that doesn't take concentration, so that's lovely. Right. Um, and it's not temporary hit points, so all the temporary hit points affect stack with it. Well, no more, folks. Uh, the hammer has come down. <laughs> uh, it is now uh, choose up to six creatures within range, which does mean that a lot of parties are going to be losing some of the effect of this right at the gate uh, because they don't have six people in the party, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is five temporary hit points to each target. I mean, I could see why they made it six though, because if they said four, right, then any party with five people would be like, oh, well, gee, you know. Well, like the previous version was three. Yeah. You know, so it was just a choice the cleric Mm -hmm. was making. I was fine with that choice. Just, I was. Um, yeah, but that was a lot more of a benefit. It was, yeah. So now they've yeah, spread yeah. it to more people, but it's a much smaller but, benefit. But there are so many more sources of temporary hit points mm-hmm. that this is, it creates much more of a situation of planning out your buffs because of, because temporary hit points don't stack, mm-hmm. right? So, if you have the ranger feature that grants you temporary hit points when you, you know, take a minute, well, this doesn't do anything. If you have bark skin, well, this doesn't do mm-hmm. anything. If you have heroism, forget about it. So, like all of those are you know, going to be more than five for that individual target, and it just creates a whole different planning situation right. that the previous aid avoided. The duration is now instantaneous because temporary hit, hit points always go away on long rest anyway. Um, but the scaling of additional uh, hit points for high-level spell slots is still there. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about 10 or 15 or 20 temporary hit points, uh, you know, as an action in the middle of a fight, that is at least a, a better value proposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is for so many people. And I do run parties where uh, up to six creatures is like, yep, there's still someone left out here. <laughs> right. 
in our run of uh, Tomb of Annihilation, we had so many NPCs hanging out with us for a lot of the fights that you know six would still be well. Who am I not covering? Uh, <laughs> let's think this through. Um, so, yeah, it's fine. I, I'm not crazy about this change. I liked it how it was. Um, I I don't think that having to plan your temporary hit point game more closely is good. Yeah, right. I mean, it feels like it becomes an accounting exercise, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very much the, well, what kind of bonus is it to know if this magic item is good for me situation of uh, third ed that was not a positive part of that experience. To right. Me. Well, and this is the, do I even bother to prep that spell because yep, it's not exactly. useful. Well, or do I need it as a rescue in the middle of a fight? But, but you know, now but I need to it, right. be listening for that right. and know who's out of temporary yeah, yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, right. But that that's what I mean about the accounting part, right? It's either accounting yep. or, man, I don't want to do the accounting, so I'm just going to not prep it because it's worthless otherwise. Yeah. Um, the the next thing uh, on our docket is the equipping, we equipping weapons section of the attack action. Um, you can now equip or unequip one weapon on one weapon before or after each attack you make as part of this action, even if the attack is with an unarmed strike. So this is about um, both letting monks sheathe their weapons so they can punch stuff, and also um, supporting thrown weapons with extra attack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, thirdly, uh, it is a little bit about making sure that um, mixing up melee and ranged in a single action is, is clean right. if you have extra attack. Right. And I do like that. Right. I'm glad that's a thing. Um, it is also helping two up and fighters a little bit. So you don't need to buy the feet to draw your weapons at the right time to take all of your attacks in the first round of combat. That was never really super fun to have to buy the feet to dry your weapons properly. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm See, fine. I with play without this feet, so I just let my players do this automatically. Well, I mean, yes, that's the much more correct answer. And <laughs> uh, let me tell you, it was not worth my time right. or energy to enforce this rule yeah. with, you know, any of my players, but especially not my wife's two up and fighter. Well, when you're, so, when you're playing a game like fifth edition and everybody wants to do something really awesome and cool, and three of the party members like, do oh, it. You can't and then, draw that weapon. Right. Yet. Then you get to the fourth one and you're like, well, you can't really do that because you didn't actually. You got to. It's going to take you your whole action to get your weapon out. Like, <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> Just no. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot to say about that one mm -hmm. to me. Um, so banishment uh, is also changed. And uh, this is much more of a big deal. Um, if you haven't spent a lot of time. Uh, at you know, character level seven and above, or really with people just throwing one around fourth level spells mm -hmm. and above, um, you may not know that banishment is one of the best crowd control spells in mm -hmm. the game in the 2014 Players Handbook. It has no respect for a creature type. Um, almost nothing is immune to banishment. It has been used 
to good effect in every fifth edition game I have run. Yeah. There has I mean, it's an absolutely amazing spell. More than two occasions in each campaign where it has been the clinch thing that oh, for saved sure. their butts. For sure. And it was, yeah. So um, I had a really good time in a recent session of uh, my Orakesh campaign, uh, banishing the barbarian with a, uh, a lair effect. <laughs> nice. Uh, this is how he discovered that. Uh, his home plane was no longer prime. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he found himself on the top layer of the abyss. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> that was very worrying for him, yeah, but bet. he handled he handled it like the guy painted on the side of a van that he truly is in his heart. <laughs> and he leaped at the horrible thing coming out of the pit, just as the players ended the banishment spell from their end of the dispel and pulled him back. Nice. It was so cool. <laughs> They'd be really happy. Um, so this is a a broad nerf to banishment. It, it is toned down in several key ways. Uh, range is right right up front, right? It, it's range has been chopped in half. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, secondly, uh, and much more important, it now gets a new saving throw. Uh, at the end of each of its turns in the demiplane, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you you send it to a harmless demiplane, and it gets to keep coming back, which means that the and stay out of the Woolworths effect, uh, where you send them home for good, that's very unlikely mm-hmm. unless they are willingly failing their save, which they can specifically do. Uh, but it will it, it transports them to a random location on a plane associated with this creature type, so that could be a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it does not do that to things other than aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, uh, or fiends. Um, so, like, if you're in Planescape and you're from Prime, but you're kicking around the Outlands like you do in Planescape, uh, you can't be banished back to a random location on Prime, which is lucky because uh, that's literally anywhere. That's not even, there's no promise that would be your home planet. So, okay. Um, But the, the, the big deal here, as I have said, is the situation where it now gets a fresh save every round. Probably a good change in balance terms. Uh, it is still an amazing crowd control. Um, if you need something that, if you need to control something that you can't, you know, cast hold person on. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might feel a bit bad for uh, Druids not getting banishment. Just get to jump in on the fun here, <laughs> you know. Because getting to kick things off of, you know, the material plane that they're all about with their primal magic would be fun, but they don't do that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's a huge change of banishment. Uh, do you have thoughts on it as someone who has seen a lot of banishment happen? I mean, 
you know me. Generally, I'm like, magic is too powerful. Everybody has magic. I hate that everybody has magic, right? Sure. But I feel like banishment is one of those spells that's supposed to be powerful. Oh, for it's sure. supposed to be the clutch spell, right? I mean, it's definitely it definitely changes the game once it's on the table, right? Right. But it's all uh, so. I mean, I don't know. So I feel. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm okay with the changes. I okay. I was also okay with it being powerful the way that it was before. Sure. Um. You know. Well, it makes me wonder if we might see uh, a feature that touches on it in some way in the uh, new version of the Abjurer. Right. We could. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, it should be a core function for them. Right. It, it is literally the thing that abjures. Right. There, there is no more essential spell to the uh, denotative meaning mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. abjurer than banishment. Right. Um, so uh, next up after banishment is grappled. Um, and you know, I really appreciate getting to feel a little bit heard in the very specific change that has been made here. Cause I talked about it on air <laughs> um, and the change is in movable and exactly how it's phrased. It now says the grappler can drag or carry you when it moves, uh, but the grapp- grappler suffer- suffers a slowed condition while moving. So the change changes where it says when it capital M moves, that is to say, the thing it does on its turn, not it, it, forced movement doesn't apply. Forced movement breaks you out of the grapple uh, if you move out of its reach, but you're not automatically dragged along by the movable rule. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, do you remember me running all oh, that? Oh, yeah. I okay. was unhappy with it too, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's all spelled out and, and the... I feel like we got the good outcome here, mm-hmm. right? Um, because while it is cool to imagine a clinch where you know you're, you're you can push each other all over the place and you drag them with you, uh, what this does is make it possible to break out while you still have movement left in your turn, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you might be able to shove them or thunder wave them or something and still disengage mm-hmm. um, or, you know, eat that opportunity attack, whatever, right. and just run like a bunny. Right. <laughs> right. Like that, that's going to be very important for um, people who can't misty step out of that grapple right. or whatever. Or if you're not a cloud giant, why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a reason. <laughs> I'm being a little facetious, a little. Uh, um, yeah, no, I like the changes. It's a good improvement. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very nitpicky, um, and I'm not always wild about nitpicky changes, but this clarifies intent in a way that I think is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so guidance was really controversial last time out, and it's changed again. So the range has been chopped to 10 feet. It is now a very tight uh, 10-foot range. Um, But all of that business with the use limit Mm -hmm. uh, 
that's gone. Um, it's still a reaction uh, which you take in response to you or an ally within 10 feet of you failing an ability check. And I think that that's a problem. Uh, if you as the, the cleric in character don't have a way to know that you should start your verbal and somatic component. I don't think that characters should have instinctive knowledge of things that they can't in fact see. Well, I mean, you and I talked about this last time about the issues I have just with guidance as an idea to be used yeah. as a reaction to help somebody fix something that they're about to fail. Like, right. And, and I think we're still very much on the same yeah. page here. Um, I, I think we're going to lose that fight, but yeah. we're very much on the same page. I, I'm, I've already given up that fight because I know I'm going to lose it, but um, you know, whatever. So uh, influence has changed a bunch. Um, the, the, way the pieces fit together and influence has changed. Um, so previously, um, you had three different uh, DC tables for indifferent, friendly, and hostile, and what you got for hitting DC 10, what you got for hitting DC 20, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that's gone. Uh, what you get on a successful charisma check uh, is now sort of scaled based on uh, indifferent, friendly, or hostile in a way that is actually really close to just talking about um, fictional position in the um, like blades in the dark, well, forged in the dark sense of you know, what's your fictional position that's going to determine what you could possibly achieve. Right. Um, and so it's interesting to see that come up here. They aren't using the language explicitly, mm -hmm. but they're getting at that idea. Um, I also want to call out that uh, hostile uh, includes the note that the DM might determine that the hostile creature is so ill-disposed toward the characters that no charisma check can sway it, which is very much about this action is not mind control. Right. Things you do with those skills are not mind control. Mm -hmm. You know, you can absolutely foul things up right. so much that you just can't pursue this avenue anymore, right. which is important. I mean, it even says the words, this is not mind control, the top up here. Right. <laughs> it, right. It, right. But and they're hammering just, it home with the mechanic, which is good. Yeah. There's just, there's no limit to which you have to hammer that home because of right. uh, you know, people's past experiences. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so then uh, there's, so you, you basically take the initial attitude step. Then you have your interaction step where you, Role play or describe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't want to speak your dialogue in character, you can describe what you're doing, and I'm fine with that. I I personally prefer it for characters for players to speak in the character's voice, but I'm not here to tell people how to play. So, mm -hmm. you know, even at my table, I don't force people to do what they don't want to do. Right. Uh, much less me telling you on a podcast to do something you don't want to do. <laughs> um, but um, what I like about the interaction step is that uh, it gets into, okay, based on what you're asking for, you might, a character who was previously one way toward you might shift up or down, right? right? So not only do they have their attitude, but 
they have their attitude about what you asked. And I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically because it opens the door to, hey, this character is previously indifferent toward me, but they're hostile to the thing I asked for can still be no role. Right. 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 Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is about absolutely closing the door to uh, persuasion is my seduction skill. Mm-hmm. Right. If the, if the target isn't open to it, they're not open to it. That's the end of the story. Right. I think right. that's what they're trying to accomplish there. And I approve yeah. of it. Um, finally, you get to the ability check <laughs> step. Uh, and you know which skill to use based on, uh, you know, the, the small table here. Um, and then setting the DC is completely new. Uh, it actually is based on something from the creature's stat block, mm-hmm. which is weird. Well, it's that was my complaint with the last set of rules was that it didn't have anything to do with the ability right. scores of the creature. So why give that creature ability scores if we're not going to have mechanics that interact with them? Well, I mean, there the, those ability scores interact in other places, but well, sure. But I, I, I get you. You know, yeah. Um, like the reason that creatures have skills that they basically can't use against the players is both the DM absolutely might frame them using those skills in other NPCs, mm-hmm. and also they're intended to inform how you role play. Sure. Uh, oh, this thing is proficient yeah. in intimidation. Well, I should be intimidated. Right. I don't disagree. I'm just saying. It, to me, yeah. I like that they're letting it key off of the intelligence score if you want. Right. Whichever is higher. Yeah. What is wild about this is that it is 15 or the creature's intelligence score, whichever is higher, which means that for 99% of all cases, it's going to be 15. Uh, the, no, for 99% of all cases, it's going to be a number between 15 and 20 mm-hmm. inclusive. There are you know, fewer than 1% of all monsters, and almost all the exceptions here are dragons mm-hmm. or liches, right? right? Uh, have an intelligence of 20 or less. There are a tiny few dragons, liches, probably uh, Empire Ales. Uh, I'm really running out of here, folks. <laughs> a few other things, but very few mm-hmm. that have an intelligence score higher than, than 20. Um, and so having this whole subsystem based on that tiny range of DCs is weird. Um, I will again mention that uh, the eloquence uh, bard can get to no fail on uh, DC 20 uh, charisma checks of various kinds at third level. Right. So I guess, I guess you have to be okay with that. If eloquence is going to be in your game and you're going to use these rules. Uh, we'll see of course, if eloquence is eventually reissued. So next up is the light weapon property. Um, which I mean, the the wording change is uh, very fine here. Um, and you need to basically be really, really invested in trying to power game light weapon attacking to worry about mm-hmm. the change here. If you're 
you know, paying attention to rules as intended in any way, uh, you won't even understand the change. So I'm skipping it. Um, All right. So, so light weapon property, we don't need to worry about the change is just a semantic change to make it so that uh, it is, has a specific thing for people who care about such things, but ultimately it's not something that we need to pick on. All right. Ultimately the like rule is intended is Mm -hmm. preserved. Uh, One specific use case is uh, cleaned up. If you were trying to power game it in a weird way. So moving on. Um, so now long rest has uh, a couple of uh, a couple of changes happening here. Um, so uh, the reduction in exhaustion in the exhausted condition is now written into long rest as a bullet point. I don't know why it wasn't here before. It wasn't anyway. Um, they have also clarified that. Uh, after you finish a long rest, you must wait at least 16 hours before starting another one. So that is taking a shot at stopping the 15-minute workday by saying, you now need to be, be able to stay where you are for a full mm-hmm. 24 hours, which is honestly just making the problem worse mm-hmm. in the narrative and much more unpleasant. I guess you can now ritual cast Leoman's Tiny Hut three times. Cool. But you could solve this problem so much better. Um, then finally, uh, I, I can, no, I don't think people should be taking long rests more often than that. Though the funny thing about this is that it does explain why it is hard to um, get yourself to go to bed earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like if you, if you stay up too late one night, you can't ever fix it. You have to stay up another whole day to ever right. fix it. But that's that's me just sort of being salty. The rule is basically fine. Uh, finally, well, the, the rule um, is fine. The issue is that they're trying to fix something with the wrong approach, right? So they're I, they're, right. they're basically okay. Things don't come back on a short rest, so you're you're less likely to be driven by taking a short rest. So you're going to now stay out and only take long rests. Oh, and by the way, you can only really benefit from a long rest every 16 hours. So therefore, you are yeah. barred from taking any kind of break that's going to get you anything except every 16 hours. This is a way to make it so right. that you have to manage your resources and you can't uh, – you, you your your resources only refresh every you know 24 hours so you you have to manage your resources on a daily basis instead of a half day or a quarter day or whatever but the problem is yep. that's not going to stop the 5 minute workday right what they're right. doing is they're trying to solve the problem of P, you know PCs being really powerful right by saying well you're really powerful but your resources are very limited now so you're not going to be able to have those powerful resources for all day but that's not the way to solve really powerful pcs it's not going to it's not going to fix the actual problem anyway i'm just ranting now yep. this is my this is my rant because you know this doesn't fix pcs being very powerful and having high 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 power magic that's available to them all the time. This doesn't fix that. No. Um, It just means that the narrative has to stop for a full 24 hours instead of eight. If they have been 
mm-hmm. you know, trying to always have full and resources. It, and it also means that now if you, if you uh, have a, a narrative overarching situation that is being dealt with, uh, your party is now out of resources as they're getting to the big scene, you know, or the, the, the big climax of whatever the thing is because you put a time limit on them so they can't rest. And because nothing comes back on a short rest, even though they are taking short rests, they're not getting any of their resources back. So what are they going to do? Right. You, you're almost giving them an untenable choice. Right. It's really difficult to manage your resources. You know, if you I, I, this is so dumb, but here's my here's here's the way that I think of it. Right. Um, if you work a job and you get a paycheck every week. Right. And then you get a different job and that sure. job only pays you every month. It's really hard to adjust. Right. <laughs> because you just yeah, yeah. had to switch everything about how you manage your resources. All right. So I, I want to finish up yep. the changes Sorry. to long rests here. So, no, no, it's fine. I, we're, we're on the same page. Um, so there's also changes to interrupting the rest. So previously, any interruption meant you had to start the long rest all the way over. And they've, mm-hmm. they've fixed that, right. right? So this is any interruption extends the time you need for your long rest by one hour per interruption. Um, and combat casting a non-cantrip spell or one hour of walking or other physical exertion counts mm-hmm. as interruption. Um, this rule, I think, is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I, I have I have no actual problem with this. So um, here's the thing. I want to start a long rest. Yep. And after two hours, uh-huh. I get up and I walk for an hour. Then I... Uh-huh. And I start my, lo- I continue my long rest. And then after two uh-huh. hours, I get up and I walk for an hour. And then I uh-huh. go back to my long rest. And then after two hours, I get up and walk for an hour. Then I go back to my long okay. rest. And then after two hours, at what point does the long rest end? Right. It's going to end after because you keep adding an hour. But the thing is, you're adding uh-huh. the hour that I used to walk. So really, all I've done is break up my long rest. No, 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 no. That's not what it says. You're not getting any countdown time on your long rest while you're walking, and you're adding an hour to right, the end I, of it. But, so right. you, when you do that eight times, like each of those two-hour rests, you're making one hour of progress on your rest. Right. On on your right, eight but hour I also count. got to walk for so I can travel and still get my long rest in there, so that by the time I'm I get I get really close to the place I'm going to. Now I take my last four hours of rest and then I'm there. Uh, sort of. I mean, I'm just saying Um, it's a way to game the system because they don't put a limit on how many interruptions you can have. Yeah. Uh, that mm, that just gets to a point of okay. I guess you can do all your walking at night. I, I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Do. Right. I know some people yeah. who would do that actually. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things where, yeah, if you don't feel like, like, adhering to the spirit mm-hmm. of the rule and sure. letting them be a little generous right. with exceptions, then you kind of force them to get so nitpicking with 
it, it must work exactly mm-hmm. this way that you just right. ruined the game. Sure. I don't disagree. Um, and I personally, just for the record, I would not do that because I think it's stupid. But there is a loophole in there where you can still travel uh, while you're doing your long rest and get closer to your destination and then complete your long rest very close to your destination. Um, yeah, though, uh, you are coming up, uh, like that gets to the point of, well, um, you now, uh, have levels of exhausted because you haven't had a full long rest in so long. But I kept resuming my long but, rest after my only one hour break. That, right. That's, that's what I'm saying. But you, like, but, but you, but you didn't finish a long rest. So you gained levels of exhausted because you went more than 24, it went like what? 36, well, well, 48 you know, hours. I, I mean, I, but you don't have to rest. go that far. You could just travel for eight hours in the middle of your long rest. Uh, right. But that has now dragged your long rest out to 16 hours. Sure. 24 hours right, right. in itself. But you're still, but you're taking right. the rest. So you're not, I, I mean, I'm being silly, right? I'm on purpose though, because right. I it, like, it irks me that they had to spell this out so distinctly uh, and you can't spell yep. something like this out. If somebody wants to be unreasonable about it. Right. If, right. Uh, I, I just appreciate that. You know, a, a nighttime ambush doesn't ruin the, yeah, the and, session and I, I, because it's such a big thing yeah, yeah, in so yeah. many and, of the and games. I, I'm not. I mean, you know, we talked about long rests and how I I'm okay with combat interrupting it and all that stuff. But like, I'm right. just saying that when you have a game where we had to spell this out in such detail because of people not yeah just having common sense about what would make sense about this. Like, I I don't know. Anyway, well, right. Like the, the players are looking for every right. advantage they can wring right. out of the text rather than trying to play right. to what the text right. wants. Well, to and do. can you blame them since now all the benefit of a short rest has been taken away? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's yeah. a whole anyway, different Anyway, let's matter. move on. <laughs> all right. So, so the magic action um, is uh, changed in a very mm-hmm. tiny way. Uh, it is. Uh, Clarifying that, uh, you know, using a, a magic item uh, that requires the, a magic action to be activated is magic mm-hmm. action. It's 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 nothing. This is this is yeah. a really tiny thing. Um, so th- they just had to note in their change log anyway. Um, prayer of healing is uh, interesting in its changes. So prayer of healing has long been that sort of. Oh wow! It's a group heal in the middle of combat. Oh no, not in the middle of combat. Sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, sort of moment of disappointment spell for new players, and it sort of has a use case. If everyone in the group is is injured, then it is more efficient than casting a similar number of cure wound spells mm-hmm. by a lot. It's a right. lot more efficient. Um, this changes the number of targets uh, away from uh, a flat, I think, six to uh, equal to your spellcasting ability modifier and minimum one, which is a strange change to make to me. I don't know why they bothered with that. Um, but each creature who remains within range for the spell's entire casting 
so that you don't just jump into mm-hmm. the range right. right at the end. Hop in and do a little dance uh, and then hop out and suddenly you're right. great. Yeah. Um, that, that's what it's <laughs> yep. all about, right? Um, and so instead of doing 2d8 plus spellcasting ability modifier uh, hit points of healing, it is a flat 2d8 uh, and also you gain the benefits of a short rest in 10 minutes right. rather than an hour. Uh, so that means that you could be spending your hit right. dice. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. actually great. That's a really nice yeah. effect. However, you can't receive prayer of healing uh, again until you finish a long rest. So you're only getting one abbreviated short rest in a day, but honestly, the mm-hmm. spell's still amazing. Mm-hmm. I I think that's really competitive, uh, especially if a few more regain on short rest features right. show up. If monks still regain key on uh, short rest, if battlemasters still regain uh, superiority dice on short rest, then this is absolutely dominating in a party with them. Like the cleric or paladin will absolutely want this. If not, then those built those classes are going to be such a mess that I don't mm-hmm. know what to think. So we'll see. Um, but you know, there are still short rest things going on. They're just right. much rarer. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's that. So I, I think that they have successfully carved out a real niche for the spell that was, the players did not often find before. Uh, spell was not well regarded in general so i'm pretty happy about that uh priest's pack is new equipment it does exactly what you think it does it has holy water in it so it's it's one use of holy water in your starting gear if you're a a cleric great um so resistance i can sum up really fast that thing with guidance that was also true in resistance Mm -hmm. last time they made the same change here once again it's within Mm -hmm. 10 feet and no, um, you know, use limit on a single creature per day. Um, it is again a reaction. And here again, if you have no way to know that someone has succeeded a saving throw, maybe the effect has no visual signature. Why do you know to use this? Why do you mm-hmm. know to use that reaction? Right. I, Same issue. Yeah, it's going to bug me. Mm-hmm. It's going to bug me forever. Uh, I'm just that sort of. Ding that. What can I tell you? Um, we're getting down to the end of it, folks. Uh, stick with me here. So spiritual weapon. Spiritual weapon has uh, been nerfed with extreme violence. Uh, so the thing about spiritual weapon that made it uh, such a welcome surprise to players playing a cleric for the first time in 5th edition is that uh, it is a prolonged effect that you do something with every round that doesn't require concentration. Not that was anymore. Huge. Not anymore. Um, so now it requires concentration. Um, on the other hand, its scaling is more mm. generous. Instead of scaling at every other level of higher spell slot, it now scales with every level of higher spell slot. Uh, but spiritual weapon competing with blast for your concentration is 
going to be very frustrating for many clerics. That is, that is a major, uh, a, a major nerf in the clerics. Like, this is a normal combat casting mm-hmm. routine. Um, so, I guess we'll see what what comes of that. Right? That's a that's a surprise. Um, but also, you know, can't stack spiritual weapon and right. spirit guardians, yep. right? Um, spirit guardians, of course, is probably still going to be completely amazing. Um, it it was it is certainly an absolute showstopper of mm-hmm. a third level spell in twenty fourteen player handbook. And the very last item on, on our list here, uh, we can wrap it up with true sight. Uh, there's no change to True Sight. This is what True, True Sight always did. It's just now making it into the document in you mm-hmm. Know, mm-hmm. that we can see. Uh, presumably, this also means it will be a player-facing right. rule. True Sight has traditionally not been a player-facing rule. It shows up only in the Monster Manual. So now, some uh, now some it is uh, now, PCs have the ability to get it. So exactly. So I mean, there were, there are always mm-hmm. ways to get it, right? True seeing is a spell that goes yeah. way back. It's just that it was either going to be described in that spell right. or was going to point mm-hmm. you to the monster manual mm-hmm. and the DM would just tell you what it did. But um, yeah, player facing rule because you do need to be able to see it and finally come to the document. And that's it. That's, that's, our, that's our document. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long episode, but thank you all for sticking with us. Well, so tell us where people can find you on the internet. Uh, well, you can find me uh, still on Twitter for the time being uh, at Brenda Stoddard. I'm also uh, on Mastodon uh, at Brenda Stoddard at dice.camp. You can find my writing on tribality.com and brendastoddard.com. And I would love it if you would come support my writing at patreon.com slash Brenda Stoddard. How about you, Sam? I am on the internet on rpgmusings.com. And I am also still on Twitter, although very rarely, at DM Samuel. And I am also on Mastodon at DM Samuel at dice.camp. And uh, I am all over the Tome Show's Discord. So come there and have a conversation with us. There's been lots of good conversations for the past couple of weeks. So um, other than that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope you enjoy our deep dive into what's going on with the changes with 1D&D and otherwise have a very good morning, afternoon, evening, night. (laughs) 